Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey podcast, where we share how functional core rehab can actually change your life. We share the stories of clients and professionals who have done Tummy Team programs, and we share so much more than that. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. I'm passionate about helping people find profound healing beyond the physical healing, but also emotional healing to be strong and pain-free for the life they were meant to live. Welcome back to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. This is Kelly Dean. I'm your host and the founder of the Tummy Team, and I'm really excited for our guest today. She is an online client, Jen Miller, and she has a really a really great story to share with you. I know bits and pieces, and I'm going to learn along <laughs> with you guys, but uh, thanks for joining us, Jen. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So I'm a mama of three little kids. They are five, six, and eight. Uh, All three of them are about ready to have a birthday, so they'll all be different ages soon. I'm a high school English teacher in the Midwest. I live in the state of Illinois, but actually part of my childhood was out in Seattle, so I feel a fun connection to you in Washington. Uh, and I'm a singer-songwriter who uh, just released a second album that is about healing and hope and light in the dark, and especially focuses on uh, maternal mental health and my own struggle with that. Yeah, that's that's what we're going to talk about a little bit, because that's such an exciting and interesting part of your journey. I mean, it's hard to say exciting because I know it's not been easy, um, but, you yeah. know... It, I think that this is, you know, we've done several um, episodes um, talking about the core strength and mental health mm-hmm. and talking about, um, you know, postpartum birth recovery and prenatal trauma and birth trauma and all kinds of things. We don't, we don't sugarcoat the mm-hmm. um, reality of this season of life and how challenging it can be not just physically but emotionally spiritually that whole thing so mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about your tummy team journey and then let's talk about your well we'll talk we'll kind of mesh it all together how yeah, they certainly go together they th- certainly go together so how did you hear about the tummy team first off so a friend of mine who is a doula uh, knew of you guys and had done one of your programs and recommended that I just check you guys out online after I had had my third child and had been doing some PT locally um, for multiple different issues after each pregnancy, but had kind of just hit a point where the things that I was doing were not continuing to help me move forward. And I couldn't get over this hump of moving into exercise that I wanted to be able to do to really get my brain healthy and to start losing some pounds um, because I kept injuring myself. And so she said, you really should check out the tummy team because I think a lot of this just relates to your inability to get your core back where it needs to be to do that exercise. So found you guys online and, and started the program. And when you found us online, what did you resonate with? Did you know you had a diastasis or did you resonate with that functional core weakness or that kind of overall broken feeling? What what resonated with you once you kind of found us? Um, 
I definitely first felt comfortable because the language on your website is very whole person, but is still scientifically backed. And I think for me in my journey, it's been hard to find people who um, took pieces of both worlds of medicine. Um, I was working with people who uh, were on one side of an extreme and then the other side of the extreme and just really needed to bring science together with my mind and my emotions, with my body. Um, and just, yeah, the language that you used on your website, as well as um, some of the testimonies that I read that sounded very similar to my own story. Um, yeah. I think that we we do have a plethora of education um, in our in our approach, um, and I do that on purpose because I feel like it's empowering um, yes. to each person, right? And I do want people to know: yes, I've had my own journey, but I'm also a physical therapist. I mean, there's like this isn't just look what I tried to figure out myself. You know, there mm-hmm. is. I've been a PT for 25 years with a lot of different uh, specialties and kind of pulling all that together and mm-hmm. then also having my own personal experience. Yeah. So, so tell us about, tell us about your pregnancies. Tell us about your birth experiences. Tell us about mm-hmm. that kind of part of your story. Sure. So I have three children and I actually had all three within four years time. The first two are, yeah. <laughs> probably contributed to some of my issues. Uh, The first two were 22 months apart. And then I got pregnant with my third child six months after the second one, which was not planned. (laughs) Um, And actually, oh, go ahead. A little surprise. It was a little surprise, a wonderful, challenging surprise. (laughs) Uh, We love her so much. Um, Actually, her name is Zoe for life. So um, that's been good. Um, But my second pregnancy was rather traumatic at the end. My placenta had partially detached and we didn't know it. It was like a tiny little leak. Um, Although I had been feeling weird that the whole end of that pregnancy. And then my son was born a month early uh, and ended up in the NICU. And um, I just think there were some things that were going on with my body that we perhaps didn't diagnose. And then to immediately have another pregnancy six months later, uh, my body just never got to heal. Um, I did a little bit after the first one, but then certainly not after the second one. So that led me into both some pretty severe postpartum depression and anxiety, which I had been susceptible to even before my pregnancies, but they got pretty bad. Uh, and then physically, just this issue of, I don't know if women say this to you uh, all the time, but it felt like I didn't have a stomach, which felt like there was no center of me, which felt like this black hole. And so I can't separate the darkness of the depression with a feeling that my body was not put back together. Yeah. This emptiness. Yes. Emptiness. Yep. This emptiness and, and Often, more often than not, um, women cannot cannot verbalize it until mm-hmm. I give it back to them. They yeah. almost don't even know what's missing. They they know something's missing. Yeah. Um. And and 
you know, in the online program, it, it comes back with some of the abdominal massage and some of the breath work and some of that transverse connection. In the clinic, I would physically put my hands on their back and wrap around and hold their tummy together. And I can could see the light in their eyes shift. Where they're like, like I'm a person. Oh, Here I am. Exactly. It was yep. this, oh, there I am. Yep. Right. And so when you think about this, this uh, postpartum depression, mm-hmm. um, it is hard when you can't feel yourself yep. to be yourself. Yep. You know, when you feel like you are basically just a jellyfish in, in, you know, a, a wave pool, you know, it is very hard to be grounded enough. And then you have these children that have very physically demanding needs of you. Yeah. Um, and it is hard to like see clearly in that time because there's no, yeah. there's no roots. There's no foundation. There's no groundedness. And you mm-hmm. can easily lose sight of who am I. And, and the easiest thing to say is when this happened is when that other baby came into the picture you know like I love that baby and because of that baby I no longer know who I am that yeah. can't be the way this is supposed to be mm-hmm. yeah it's you feel guilt about that part right oh that yeah then you beat yourself up especially yeah. if you had any fertility issues like I had fertility yeah. issues where I was desperate like give me more babies give me more babies then I get a baby and I can't handle it you know yeah. and I'm just like oh my gosh no wonder you didn't god you didn't give me babies I'm a terrible mother um know. You know? or you don't and like you, them for a moment and you're like wait I'm yeah. supposed to only like you yeah I'm supposed to love you 100% of the time all the time and I don't yeah. what's wrong with me yeah, and I think that also, um, I think that splinting is another thing that once we put a splint on people, they get that yes. sensation and they're like, oh, here I am. And it's hard for me, like, I don't ever want to dismiss all the other components of postpartum depression at all, but there, mm-hmm. this does play a role. Once yes. we get that connect, that physical connection, there is a chemical change that happens. In, mm-hmm. And you can see it almost before your eyes happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I really appreciated that when you go through those portions of your program where you start having us touch our own bellies, mm-hmm. that there's just so much compassion around that. And even like you give this warning, like <laughs> not a bad warning, but like you're probably going to feel really emotional or not even want to do it. And I, even now, like a year later, still have to be like no it's okay like you can mm-hmm. touch that and have like t- it doesn't have to be negative like yeah. <laughs> thoughts about your belly that's a part of you and um yeah I just I appreciated that approach um because it really was the first time that I was intentionally doing that as part of working out yeah and and I have to give people that well, I don't have to. I feel like I have to give people that um, warning or disclaimer um, <laughs> because if you are not expecting the emotional the <laughs> release that that can, it doesn't always, but that yeah. can produce, sometimes people won't come back. They're just like, mm-hmm. no, no, thank it's you. I can't fine. do this. But yeah. if I tell them ahead of time, you're not the only one that's everybody. I'm putting this in a video because enough people feel this. You're not alone. And 
that the first time you do it, it it's going to be probably the most intense. The mm-hmm. second time will be 50%. The third time, maybe 5%. And then you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, you might have different emotions that come up, but it, if you can get through the first two times, you're going to be okay. And mm-hmm. I think that just giving people that encouragement. And a lot of people have told me in some of those videos where I expose my tummy and I rub my tummy that they can tell that it's vulnerable for me to do mm-hmm. and like for me to show my stomach on the video and for me to rub my tummy and, and to almost imagine myself going back to where you guys are doing, they can sense that, that energy from me. And it, it makes you realize, Oh, this is hard for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, or a lot of people, not everybody, but I would say well, 95%. I want to encourage women too to know that like my youngest is almost six now. So it's been a while and I'm still working on these things. I mean, life doesn't get easier. (laughs) It just keeps getting harder and then throw on all the stuff we've all experienced in the last couple of years and our work lives and things. Um, There have been several seasons since I did the first program where I've had to say, okay, I'm going backwards a little bit. It's time to like start over again, go back a couple steps, keep moving forward. But now I know what to do. Like doing the transverse abdominal, um, just bring it all in and hold. Like that's now second nature. I don't have to learn how to do it anymore. But sometimes I have to go back and like, okay, I need to do those a few times a day because it's starting to feel really weak again. Um, I think a lot for me, it feels like, well, I'm not really postpartum anymore. I don't count. I can't be in that, you know. So I want to say, like, to women, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. This is lifelong. <laughs> These are lifelong skills. These are lifelong it's skills. Long. And don't yes. beat yourself up if you enter a season where you feel like you need to kind of not start over, but you need to yeah. review and, yep. and go back a little bit. Don't beat yourself up. Be happy that you have tools to help you get, and you won't have to start at the beginning. But right. I agree. These last two years, I've I've used the term that a lot of us feel like we're carrying the weight of the world, mm-hmm. you know, and and that weight pushes down on us, and yep. and is is a lot. And so you, we do have to be intentional in that self care and that connection, and not not getting into the the tendency or the you know the uh yeah the tendency to disconnect and to power through and to numb out you know but to actually stop breathe draw in get your get your core get your foundation and then Mm -hmm. move forward from there um yeah yeah, it's a it's a vulnerable thing to do, but it it really is, it seems like the opposite of what you want to do, but it's actually really good. <laughs> yes, yeah, like when you go to therapy and your therapist's like, "You're not gonna like me," and that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, I'm I make like, things. <laughs> yeah, but this is something that needs to happen, right? And yeah. to get you to the next step, or you're just right. gonna be stuck. And you would felt that stuckness. You had done oh, yeah. some work. You, it's not like you 
weren't trying to get care, um, but you had felt like you hit a little bit of a wall. What, Mm -hmm. okay, so, so let's keep moving forward. You, you found us, you started the process, kind of tell us, like, were you still at that time still struggling with some um, postpartum depression or some mental health components of that? Yes, for sure. Um, My lowest point was for sure after I had my third uh, baby and uh, the just dynamic of work plus motherhood, the stress on my body. I teach high school, so that's pretty demanding having like 150 other children (laughs) that you love. I teach English, so it's grading essays and all that kind of thing. Um, It just got to the point where I was I was hitting the bottom. Um, and so I left work for two years and it just switched to a different kind of bottom, which I'm sure many people listening understand. You feel like there's no winning, right? It's rocking a hard place because when I did that, my husband then took on a second job to make up for it. So then I never saw him. So it was only me and the kids at home alone all the time. And, uh, two years later, I was like, well, now I have to go back to work. (laughs) I don't want to leave my babies, you know, that whole conflict. Um, what started to bring me out was music. I started writing music. Um, for me, it felt like, um, I believe in God and, um, I had done music when I was a teenager. That was one of the ways that I connected with him. And in that dark season where it felt like I was at the bottom of the ocean, I felt like God came and gave me a song to sing, which was Brave is One More Step in the Dark. And there is a line in that song um, that is, lead me to the open door, standing on a hillside, closing up my aching womb, uh, green and white abounding. And I wrote that a couple years before I ended up doing your program. Um, And I think that was the Lord knowing what, (laughs) what a part of this was, this this mystery that even though it was so dark, he was going to put his light in me. And that didn't mean that life was going to get fixed in the next moment. And in fact, I still struggle. My diagnosis right now is PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I do a lot of cycling with the depression, anxiety symptoms. Um, And I am on medication for those and I do counseling as well. Um, So we're at a point in a pandemic, in the, in the pandemic, where I feel like I'm at least holding steady most days, <laughs> maybe lower than where I want to be, but um, you're, with not those, being, you're not being pushed downstream constantly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I felt like once I started writing music and then, so I wrote that first song and then, um, And then came several more songs that were, many of them were about other women's experiences um, around the world, which is probably a whole other story and a whole other um, podcast. But um, looking at other people's struggles, especially women, helped pull me out of the dark because it helped me feel like I wasn't alone. Yeah. And advocating for other women through music helped me feel like I wasn't alone. And it was like yep, like a purpose and and a little glimmer of light (laughs) coming down to the bottom of the ocean to get me. And there there has never been a snap my fingers and I'm back up to the top. In fact, I wouldn't even say my whole body is above the water, but I will say it's been enough 
feeling like underneath the bottom of the ocean is the sun. Like mm -hmm. I can't go any lower into more darkness. I'm at the bottom, but God is under there <laughs> with me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and he just gave me some, some one more step, brave is one more step in the dark, one more step in the dark. And um, when I finally then was introduced to your program, which I felt like was the Lord who led me to you, uh, a, a couple years later, I was in the right place to take the next step, which was a lot of the things that were in your program. And those have been slow and steady and slow and steady. And, and then the second album that we just wrote is called The Architect, which is about God rebuilding us after trauma, emotionally and physically, which is kind of like what we're talking about. So it makes me really excited. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, and like, we use words like that. I use words like that in our messaging and, you know, that we're, we're rebuilding, you know, there was mm -hmm. a and foundational, like yes. and design, how our body was designed. There's a beauty in that design yeah. and we can rebuild to the original foundational strength that was designed there. And that, you know, life has hit some curveballs, but we can come back to that beautiful design. And then in even words like reclaim, like yep. reclaim yep. your true self. You know, yep. reclaim that part of yourself that kind of got lost. And it's a new version of yourself because you're not the yes. same as you were before you had children. You're not the same as you were 10 years ago, but yep. they're still at your core, so to speak, yep. who you are. And, yep. um, and there's that groundedness that comes from having that. And each person has mm -hmm. a unique, a, a unique role to play. And I feel yep. like you know, one of the things that we say all the time is we want you to be strong for the life you are meant to live. You know, yeah. like everybody has a call and, and sometimes all of the crazy things that happen in our journey, in hindsight, you can see is part of that call. You know, mm -hmm. in the time you're like, no, thank you. This isn't what I signed up for. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I have a different story than yours, but a lot of things in there that I would not wish on my worst enemy um, mm -hmm. in my story. And yet I've seen how God has used all of those things um, in how I minister and help and support other people in their journey. And, that they, and I think that not being alone is so um, foundational, you know, because I feel like it's really easy in that dark, dark place to feel like you're the only one. It's really easy to think everybody loves their children all the time. Um, and everybody is just a, naturally a good mother. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and, you know, and it does, bodies, you know, are different. Yeah. 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 And that everybody's body bounces back, you yeah. know, and, and all of those kind of, all of those distorted views of what's going on. And honestly, I'm in a whole different season. I have teenagers and young adults. And um, in some ways, there's so many things that are easier in my own personal life. And so many things that are so much harder. Harder, yeah. So much harder because <laughs> I don't even have to answer the because. It's harder. Um <laughs> You know, and, yeah. and you know. Stakes are higher, huh? <laughs> A little bit, a little yeah. bit, but also, yeah. you know, I, I can rely on my faith and know 
that God loves my children more than I do. And God will yeah. fill in the gaps where I fail. And, and that he's doing a work in me, just like he's doing a work in them. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a process, but I feel like one of the things we also say here is that giving people that physical strength yeah. allows you to have the capacity to have the emotional you know, mm-hmm. that you're going to need for some of these seasons. Um, and it's hard. It's hard when you don't have a physical fortitude to draw from the emotional stuff is, yeah. you know, it, it feels like there's no, there's no bearings on that. And like you mentioned a little bit earlier, something else I wanted to share is that um, if you don't, even feel like you trust your own body or you feel like your body has failed you as a woman in multiple different ways. Um, for me that took the place or that was, I didn't breastfeed any of my children. I tried to breastfeed the first and like a crazy woman was dedicated to the task despite all of the failures that kept coming. I, mean, I have I really seen that it. time and time again. I've seen that time and time again. No, I just want to say to people like, it's okay. And you matter, like you mama, you matter. Yeah. I was so convinced that being a good mom meant I breastfed my kids despite my child who wouldn't latch, tongue tie. I got nauseous and anxious whenever I had letdown, which has a name. It's called Deemer. Uh, but I thought that meant that my body like hated my child because I had this negative physical reaction to breastfeeding. And you're supposed to have a good one, right? Right. <laughs> and then with my second child who ended up in the NICU, they wanted oh. me to pump for him. And oh, I remember saying God. to my husband, like, can you just protect me in the hospital when they like say I have to do this? And even though he tried to kind of stand between, I was very much pushed to still do it, but the thing was the wrong size. And then I blistered and like, that's all happening while my kids in the NICU. And so with the third one took three times, right? Even though she was a surprise, I think she was God's healing to me in many ways because she was the only normal birth experience and the one that I was like, that's it. (laughs) You get a bottle. Get the bottle. (laughs) I was, I had such a better experience and felt like, I felt like she was mine, which like, it almost makes me tear up because I wish with the first two I had given myself the freedom to do either one, you know, right. And, right. and I didn't. So I say that because it influenced me to feel like my body is my enemy in motherhood and in other ways. And so going through this program to find myself again and be compassionate towards myself and love my body as it is and now. Honor, honor and respect what your body is and isn't going to do. Because yep. this is the thing is we can always look at what it can't do. But we sometimes can't see what it is doing. So for whatever reason, your body was doing something else in you that was more important, more important for your health and well-being than making Mm -hmm. milk or, or, or whatever need, maybe you wasn't making milk, but for that and to trust that your body is actually your best ally, not your worst enemy. It doesn't want you to die. It won't let you die. You know, even if you hold your breath, 
you'll pass out to make you breathe. I mean, I just do like, that once in my room. <laughs> you know, it won't let you. Yeah. Um, and all the compensation patterns and stuff when people are like, oh, I have this back pain. I was like, that pain is because you have ignored all these other things, but your body hasn't given up and it's recruiting these other random things to hold you up and help you keep doing all the things you say you want to do. It's mm-hmm. not your enemy. It's actually your best ally, but you guys need to kind of like come together and have a little bit of a power, right? (laughs) Stop fighting against each other and work together. Mm -hmm. I think that one of my, I can't, I don't know if it was on a podcast or just something that somebody said recently. I I work with a lot of in birth community, but they said, you know how there was that whole thing. Breast is best. Breast is best. best." Mm -hmm. And they're like, fed is best. Fed Mm -hmm. is best. (laughs) You know, but we just need to feed the baby. Um, And and if it's not breastfeeding, which I have seen, I have seen haggard, haggard women that are like, why won't my DR close? I was like, because you are pumping 24 seven and so have so much cortisol in your body. You have so much stress in your body. You're not sleeping. You're not, you know, Mm -hmm. you're obsessed with this one thing. And I can't tell people not to, not to breastfeed if that's what they want, but they, they're so tunnel fit vision that they don't see the big picture. You know, um, I I was in that tunnel. Yeah. And if it's (laughs) not that sometimes it's, uh, unmedicated birth, you know, or, you know, um, a VBAC at all costs, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and some of these things it's like, okay, you know, yes, I want to set you up for the most success as possible, take as many obstacles out of the way as possible to allow your body to do what it can do. But Mm -hmm. also, (laughs) but also let's remember, like, it's kind of like you have this glorious wedding, but you're married to a total jerk and you (laughs) get divorced two weeks later, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like who cares if you had the beautiful wedding, you didn't, you don't get married for the wedding. You get married for the marriage. You don't, right. you know, you don't get pregnant for a beautiful birth. Um, right. You know, you get, you want to be a mother and a mother looks a lot of different ways, you know? Yeah. And it's okay to grieve like when yes. those things don't happen out. or they yes. do and you didn't want them to or. Yes. Yeah. Grieving is so underrated and confused and neglected but it's such a huge part and one of the things you know we we have in our course is this grief routine it's an optional thing but it it is um recognizing that a lot of times we need to do this reconnection activity basically where we forgive our body and forgive ourselves and 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 reconnect to some of that stuff and i think that mm-hmm. um it's interesting for me um, how our men even have really resonated with our grief routine. Like I, I have a gentleman whose um, wife died of breast cancer and he's held that grief that he calls it a poisonous grief in his mm-hmm. gut for 10 yep. years, you know, and that's what it is. It's poison. And, you know, and like trying to not just jump over it to forgiveness and moving on, but kind of walking through it. Yeah. And, and feeling it and then releasing it and then seeing it more clearly. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. 
Was it, was it, you had done a lot of work with other professionals. Was it at all difficult for you to think about doing this work online? Um, I appreciated that it was online because it was so personal um, that I loved that I could just go into my room with a laptop. <laughs> and we said right before we got on, I said, oh, it's like I know you already, you know, and you're like, I know, but I didn't see you on the, on the other end. Um, it feels personal because it is consistently your voice and instruction throughout the course. I think it would feel just as educational, but not as personal if it were different people, you know, in all the different videos. But because you are the person who is walking me through, I, at that stage in my life, really appreciated being able to be um, at my house. And especially now that so many people can't go out uh, to get services, because of COVID restrictions or preferences or illnesses or precautions or whatever, um, being able to do it at home was, yeah. was really good. Yeah. Good. Good. And I, we see that more and more now, um, not just because of COVID, but I think also for people to recognize that not everybody has a specialist in their neighborhood, you know? Correct. Right. And especially and when you've got kiddos and childcare and yeah. yeah, it becomes a becomes a whole thing to have mm -hmm. to add this into your day. It becomes a chore. And and a lot of times women will say to me, like, you know, I I went to PT and I just stopped going because I can't put myself first. I don't think it's that that you can't put yourself first. I that might be a mm -hmm. part of it. I think that it's just there's so many components to that. What if we made that a little bit easier? Yep. You know, what if in the evening, you know, Tuesday evenings, your husband puts the kids to bed and you have this time, this appointment. And um, and it is this time with somebody that knows what you're going through is going to help you learn about yourself and give you tools to feel better. Like mm -hmm. that, that feels worth it. That feels like a gift instead of a chore. And that's what yeah. I want people to to get. Um, was there, when you first started the course, was there something, did anything like, what, how did you feel like initially? Did you feel like, oh yeah, this is the right direction? Or did you feel like, oh crap, what did I get into? <laughs> <laughs> no, at first my brain was like, this is the best ever. So I'm a teacher in the public school system. I also teach part-time at the university that's down the road. So to have the educational piece come first. It was like, even though I knew there was emotional stuff and physical stuff coming later, I'm like, oh, I can connect to this stuff. Let's just, like, I want to understand it all. But I think even if you're not like, if you don't like the academia type, uh, just structure, I guess I'll call it. Um, even if that's not your thing, learning about all of the parts of your body that are involved in the work that you do through this program demystified it. Like yes. there's, there's no like thing I have to be afraid of because no, now I know what muscle that is and I know what it's connected to, especially your own core, your pelvis can just feel like this like mysterious zone. Or it's like, that, you like, know, you go to a specialist and it's like, they've got this secret information that they're not telling you. And honestly, I purposely don't use some of the big words of the muscles of the pelvic floor because 
Seriously, mm-hmm. they're they're ridiculous, and that <laughs> right. nobody would want to move forward. You don't need to know that. Let's just simplify it. But you're still going to know what's going on. You don't need to know that specific name of that one muscle because let me tell you, it's like mm-hmm. 17 letters. It's not necessary, right? <laughs> but yes. I think that it. I think that education is empowering, and this is your body. It's like I always say, it's like an owner's manual for your own body. Why don't you know it? And yep. um, birth kind of demystifies some things anyway. You know, all the stuff that you thought was <laughs> well, yes. personal anymore. Yeah. <laughs> You're wide open. Um, well, right. and another thing from a teacher's perspective is that, um, I don't know if you would use this word, but you provide things for a variety of learning styles through your course. And um, I want to say to people too, like, don't feel the pressure to do everything all the time, all perfectly but you've got sheets to download and read and highlight and look at and pictures to look at. And then you have video with audio that you can start and stop. And I love that you then also have the opportunity for people to call in or schedule appointments, e-appointments, virtual appointments. And so depending on what type of a learner you are or the pace that you want to go at, there's some flexibility there. Your personality type. Your personality yep. type, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think the other thing, too, that is really important is um, it is a lot of content, but I, I kind of guide you through, like, learning what's really the most important piece for you. It's okay if you don't – you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to 100% of everything I give you, but let's really focus on the things that really resonate for you and are important yeah. for you. Um, one of the things that I have – I've started saying recently is that I think a lot of people I'm looking at all the ways that we all sabotage ourselves in being yeah. successful. And one of the ways yeah. is this kind of all or nothing perfectionism, you know, yeah. mentality. And I always say like, they always say, Oh, I only did like maybe 40% of what you told me to do. And they're like, they're thinking in a grade 40% is an F, you know? Yeah. And I say, okay, 40%. What if you were getting you were volunteering and then somebody then said 10%, you get a $10 an hour. And now you're getting $40 an hour. It's a raise. You were doing nothing before. So <laughs> that's 40% right. is amazing. Right. Yes. Yes. And that's not to say like, you know, that's not to say like, I don't want you to shoot for like 80%. I would love for you to shoot for about 80%. But don't underestimate 40% might be where you're at. Right. And that's mm-hmm. still going to be good. Yeah. You know? And my goal when I started was connected to the problem that I was having. I, I mentioned that I couldn't get over this hump to get to the exercises that I wanted to be able to do to move forward. Every time I would try, even though I'm telling you, here's where that shame wanted to come in and I had to like punch it in the face. The program that I wanted to do was still a postpartum <laughs> recovery program, even though I'm six, six years later, right? Um, But I kept injuring myself, I kept pulling a muscle that would then cramp in the front, and then it would pull my back out and my limb, I hit like it. And so I was so like ashamed of myself. So my goal with the program was I want to be able to at least do this other postpartum exercise without getting hurt. (laughs) And so I did, and I didn't do everything perfectly, but certainly the splint helped for a while. All the transverse abdominal holds, which I still do, especially driving in my car. I don't know, do you ever notice this? But like driving in my car, I'm always noticing my posture. (laughs) 
Um, anyway, yeah. So I just, yeah. If people have a goal that's related to their own life, you know, like what's the thing you want to be able to do or how, what feeling do you want to have? Um, that's all, you, that's what I'm about. Like I want, I want people to get back to the things they love, but you can't like jump into the deep end without maybe you might need to walk around the shallow end for a little bit. And that's okay. Right. Your body's been yep. through a lot. And I think if you set the goal far enough out, then you give yourself permission to take your time to get there. Um, and not, not, you know, stop, start, stop, start, give up. Mm -hmm. Feel terrible. What is, what is your, um, there's no pressure on this question, but what's kind of your current routine focus? Like how do you take what you've learned and kind of, and maybe that's just postural. You mentioned the car, you mentioned mm -hmm. like that you do some transfer stuff. You rub your tummy sometimes. Do you have mm -hmm. like some things that have become kind of your lifestyle tools that you've carried through? Mm -hmm. uh, yes. And some of them I grasped for in a survivalist way. <laughs> in the last two years, um, especially this school year, um, just education is still very, very challenging, uh, both for my own children and for my high school students, especially and my career. So because of that, I've had so little time to exercise and I'm not, I haven't been making the best eating choices. That's probably a lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> that are in survival mode and we're not sleeping great, you know? So, right. um, so I think a lot of these are things that in the future I will do even more of, but even in survival mode, um, the way that I stand, I'm constantly fixing, not in a bad way, like, Oh, I don't stop standing like that. But in a like, Oh, that doesn't feel comfortable. Why? And then my brain is like, oh, okay, well, I know this about how I should be standing. Relax the knees, do this, do that. Even if I'm just like at my sink brushing my teeth. Um, mm -hmm. So that has stuck with me for sure. Posture driving. Um, I do a lot of the transverse holds when I'm driving <laughs> because I notice that that leg and that um, foot on the gas pedal and that hip, like it just, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting old too. <laughs> No, I feel it's, it's when I'm driving. You started to learn that when your body makes noises, you actually have a response to those noises. You don't have to ignore yes. it and power through it. You can yep. go, oh, I'm going to adjust here. And look, that's mm -hmm. better, you know? And, and so, yeah. I've almost internalized, too, the breath with the hold, um, yeah. which was very hard at first. So if it feels super uncomfortable, I mean, I was a mess and couldn't coordinate anything. And now, like, I can't do the hold without doing the breath because it's so relaxing and so normal for me now. Yeah. And that breath, oh, man, in this time of so much stress, that breath, mm -hmm. I can't even tell you what a lifeline that has been to me yeah. and to other people that, you know, yep. not just that shush and that you know, that slowing down your breath, but uh, that finishing it with that kind of elongated mm -hmm. hug feels yep. so kind of grounding and centering and, and stabilizing when, you know, the next storm is just right mm -hmm. around the corner, pounding on our door. Right. Yep. All right. This has been yeah. so great. Is there anything else that you like would like to share anything you wish you had known sooner, anything that we didn't cover that you're like, Oh yeah, I also want to say this. And we are going to put some links to your music 
in our podcast awesome. notes so people can connect with you. Okay. But yeah. anything else that you want to share? Um, I just want to encourage people to take that one next step in the dark, whatever that is, that is impressed upon your heart or in your mind. Um, not all of the voices that are coming in that are saying shame or you need to do, but just that still small voice that's like, here's the next step. You're loved. Here's the next step. Um, it can be hard to even do that one little thing. In some phases of my life, the brave next step in the dark was literally like getting out of bed okay. with a sexy slide. Right? <laughs> uh, and that was it. That was my, that was my one next step. And it was a success if I could do that. Um, in other seasons, it's picking up the phone and calling somebody, you know, because I need to not be alone. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm thinking of all of you that are listening and I would wish that I could see your face and meet you. <laughs> Feel yeah. free to write me an email um, and know that you're not alone, especially if your journey has, has felt anything like some of the things that I've shared. So, yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, you took something that has been really dark and vulnerable and really challenging and, you know, you're using it to bless others and love others. And I think the vulnerable sharing of an honest story is such medicine, you know? The, uh, the very first line of that album is hold the light for me when I cannot feel his love, hold the light for me until the dawn arrives. And yeah. um, so and we're, we're holding And you're doing for that you. for people. You're doing that for people, yeah. others, you know, you needed that for yourself. And now you're in a place where at times you can do that for others. And that's really, um, just inspiring. I love it. I love it. Well, thank, thank you so much. Thank you for what you're doing as well. Thanks for how you've impacted my life. Oh, I appreciate that. And I thank you just for sharing your story with me and being on the podcast. And I, I think that it's going to resonate with a lot of people. And um, yeah, and you know, I am going to put your information out there so people can reach out if they want to. Okay. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you. All right, everybody, that's our episode today. And I hope that, you know, it was impactful for you. Check out our podcast notes and look at what we're doing at thetummyteam.com. We would love to help you be strong for the life you were meant to live. Thank you so much for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey podcast. To hear more inspiring stories, subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. And of course, to get more information, check out all that we do at thetummyteam.com. We would love to help you be strong for the life you were meant to live.